0: The late Madeline Albright said, It took me quite a long time to develop a voice, and now that I have it, I'm not going to be silent. Today on our podcast, we'll be looking at how women are faring in the garden as the storm approaches. My name is Spring Erickson, and welcome to A Season of Change in Colorado with Spring. This podcast has been developed to speak to the political issues I see we face in Colorado and why I am running for the Colorado State House District 48. It is produced by myself and the Spring Erickson for House District 48 Committee. And as with all political messages these days, my name is Spring Erickson and I approve this message. Now that the legal stuff has been observed, let us return back to today's podcast. Before I start today's podcast, I just want to thank everyone who voted in the uh, the Colorado primary season this year, as it has finished up today. Um, it is official that today I am the Democratic nominee for the uh, F- House 48 here in the state of Colorado. And I just want to thank all of you that took the time to bubble in that dot. Um, yes, I didn't have a candidate um, opposing me, but it was just it was nice to see that the message is resonating and that that What the hard efforts of this committee are doing out in the community are being um, are being seen by the voters. And we are just really uh, appreciative of that. And as we begin this general election cycle and this being the first podcast of the general election cycle, I want to welcome those new people to the podcast I also want to remind you that if you are hearing these and you are really, really into this, we would love to see you come to our website at springco48.com. Get on our newsletter. uh, Let us know if you'd like to help the committee. Also, um, we want you to talk to your fellow friends and neighbors. Share these podcasts on your own personal Facebook feed um, or Twitter feed and, and invite others to hear the message as well we, um, the only way we're going to get these ideas out is if we work together through social media. And uh, we're really going to need everyone's help as we uh, now have a candidate that is against us for the uh, general election, who will be a Republican. And uh, at this point, they haven't officially named which which one of the two will be it. So I will not be naming them here. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, uh for listening to these podcasts and helping us with the uh, with the campaign because it is a community involved program and we are hoping for all of you to get the word out and the message out that that we are a candidate of ideas and not just fear so on with today's uh podcast i came to today's podcast a little heartbroken and a little lost for words It's taken me until today to actually find words, which have been in my heart since the day I said yes to running for this office. And I had assumed that those words would stay my own, and it helped me to build my own personal fire on this journey. But I joined this cause because I was tired of watching office after office in this region being acquiesced to the Republican Party without a contest. We as a democratic society need a free exchange of ideas or we will be doomed to live in a world where one party rules with with no prejudice. Nothing showed this to be evident more than what happened on Friday. I'm still not sure that many listening today have even come to the realization of how we got here and how we could let something like this happen. Over the course of the last 12 years there have been 1200 that's 1200 political seats left vacant by the Democratic Party in state and federal elections, allowing the Republicans to run roughshod over the majority opinion in this country. I have been just as guilty as my fellow Democrats, as I too have looked at the long odds of running for an office in Well County over the past years, a county that was responsible for the actual attempt to slice a top quarter of Colorado from the rest of the state and create the Republic of Northern Colorado. Yes, in 2013, people like today's candidate for Congressional District 8, Barbara Kirkmeyer, and Congressional District 4, Ken Buck, and the rest of the Republican officers of the Weld County, and those in the House and the Senate from Weld County, along with some of the other Northern Colorado counties, tried to actually secede from the state of Colorado but I digress. The Republicans have manipulated their way into an absolute power over the course of time in history, both in Colorado and in the federal government. But over the past decade, Colorado was able to follow a path towards a more inclusive fe- future. It started out purple back in O eight and, and 2012. And then over time, it has gradually become a lighter shade of blue, but the threat of falling into the hands of those who would like to see us return to the past is always on the horizon. That is why we do not want to go back that is why we who do not want to go back to a world where the voices of those without money, without influence, with the wrong skin color, the wrong creed, and the wrong religion will be ignored. We must stand in the gap and try with all our might to keep the past from repeating itself. Last Friday was proof of that. Six members of the Supreme Court declared that over half the population of the United States officially is no longer human. All females of breeding age have been deemed to be incapable to direct the fate of their own futures. Allowing the states to direct them towards what is appropriate and right in a just and religious world, if it came to if it came to you as a shock that you are no longer human, good if you are one of those yelling at your device that I am overreacting, I assure you that I am not. If the government of the state you reside in decides that one day they are just going to tell you that you have become nothing more than an incubator upon the second that an egg and sperm meet somewhere in the middle of you, you will truly see what the meaning of unhuman unwoman is. Thank goodness today you live in Colorado, where your right as a free and independent woman are protected by laws that our governor signed into law just this year meaning you and your healthcare provider get to choose what to do with your body and you we as a state will support your decision but if my opponent and the rest of the R's on the other side believe they can do it better you know my opponent he actually believes he knows your body better than you do women he knows that that clump of cells with an electrical impulse to create more cells has more purpose than the grown adult woman who has that clump of cells inside her. He believes that that clump of cells has more purpose than the actual children sitting in classrooms who are being killed by AR-15s. He believes that the AR-15 actually has more rights and purposes than the women who are now gestating a clump of cells. But again, I digress on topics that I will cover in later podcasts. The thing I want to ask is, if there are going to be more children in the United States, are these Republican zealots who are so-called pro-life? Are they ready to put their money where their mouths are and actually be pro-life and not just pro-birth? Which, by the way, they are doing a pretty petty job of being pro-birth as well. I mean, I think we may actually have to come up with a different moniker maybe something like pro-women oppression they won't pay to protect the health of the mother or the fetus they won't make health care universal to take care of the costs of thousands of dollars of these oppressed women that, that as they prepare to give birth they won't pay for the early childhood needs like food and shelter and pediatric health and early childhood education and socialization. If they did, then they wouldn't be cutting the money towards those programs that were so limitly fun- funded already. I mean, if you haven't recently looked at how much a can of formula, if you can even find one, or a case of diapers costs, and I will tell you it is quite pricey. I encourage you to check that out next time you are at the store. And remember that that one can, if you can find it, and that one box of diapers only lasts a couple days for a newborn. So it's a constant struggle, even on a living wage, to be able to take care of a child. If these Republicans are so pro-life, They would be looking at ways to give tax breaks for daycare. They would be looking to give the child tax credit to the fetus if they truly believed it was a child in there. Also, conception is not a one-person activity. If the Republicans were so pro-life, they would be putting restrictions on men who shirk their fatherly responsibility. They would be increasing child support for those men who don't want to be a part of their children's lives. They would be requiring men to help with the prenatal monetary responsibilities of the fetus. They would be working to make men have paternity leave and a time away from work to grow strong and healthy bonds with their children. They would be looking for ways to have men be part of the creation as much as they are trying to oppress women into no decisions at all. Most of all, they would be cutting child abuse and the degradation of incest and pedophilia, not putting it on posters or campaign slogans. But they would actually put it, be putting those people who do that monstrosity behind bars They would never make women carry the fetus of their rapists or the fetus of their father or their brother or their uncle or their grandfather in an unwanted perverse grab for power over a girl. A minute longer than that girl has to stomach it. If the Republicans were so pro-life... They would be looking at the need for more education resources, more buildings, more teachers. They would be looking to create better opportunities for these children as they grow and become adults. They would be focused on STEM and vocational education as pipelines into high-paying career fields so that these children can grow up and have families of their own. They would, If they are so pro-life, they would be focused on elder care and those decisions that every family has to face when a member has had a good and just and prosperous life and is ready to shuffle off this mortal coil. No, they are not pro-life. They are pro-woman oppression. They will oppress a woman's right to life herself and the freedom to choose the direction for her life. They will deny her the freedom of her own religion beliefs and impose their own mutated dogmatics of Christian theism on her because of a clump of cells is more precious to their God than the woman who they call created in God's image. They will create the law to force their theism and they will imprison her for disobeying their unjust law. If you are listening and saying, but Spring, the Bible says that life is precious and we should stand up for life. As a person who spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to become a Christian preacher, I can say with authority that I understand this subject. So let me fill you in. No, the Bible does not have a single verse about abortion. Actually, the Bible doesn't even really talk about creation in terms of inside the womb. For the Bible, life does not begin until the breath of life is imbibed into the child at the entry into the world from the womb. This means that a child is not alive until the head has crowned from the body of the woman and the face has been presented and the child has taken that first breath on its own. So for most of us, that would mean we were not children, Until we made that cry that mothers hold their breaths to hear. That is the first moment of life on this planet. We were children of God for the first seven days. And that is in the Bible. But then we were consecrated and we were given to this world. Babies are children fetuses are part of women and they grow and it is up to the woman to decide how that is handled the Jewish book of the Talmud which is an ancient book of the rabbis is where the religion knows of a woman's reproductive rights in the holy order in the Old Testament would be found They lay out that over 2,000 years ago, the rabbis agreed in the Mishnah, which is the core of the Talmud, that abortion could be performed in a time of woman's woe. This could be either for her health or the dignity of the woman. So since this is a true religious text, it is safe to say it is actually an infringement of the First Amendment right the right to freedom of religion, to deny a woman, especially a Jewish woman, the right to an abortion in the time of womanly woe. So think carefully before you throw the constructs of your faith saying that all life is divine and God created every clump of cells because you might actually be breaking the most important U.S. amendment of all. Last Friday, the six members of the U.S. Supreme Court who released the storm of neglect and fear on the United States also promised that the tempest won't end with women and their reproductive rights. They will be coming for all the rights of a consenting adult in every bedroom in America. This is the most frightening thing of all, because they may not stop in the bedroom. I believe that the slippery slope has been breached. And if you read the majority opinion by Al- Alito, it pretty much is the blueprint to take o- take us further back into time. When women had no rights to money or property or careers and could not have say in community matters, and most importantly, they didn't have a right to vote. We as community must stand for the things we want. I believe women just as much as men make up a productive and invaluable part of our society. And no one and nothing should take a human's right to autonomy away. I am a true pro-life candidate. I believe that society and government by the extension should protect and help everyone from that cradle to grave, from your first breath on this planet till your last. We should be looking out for well being and productiveness for every human life and every human life has the choice and the dignity to make those choices for themselves housing food health and education are the bedrock to a human life and we should be willing to protect and give those things to one another a garden only grows when there is a harmony of soil water and air We need to remember that the flowers enjoy a little rain and it only creates a more vibrant garden. So let us work together to help humanity's life thrive and not be caught up and destroyed in this tempest of fear. Thanks for joining me today on our podcast. If any of this information has piqued your interest into me as a candidate, we'd love to invite you to visit our website at springco48.com. You can also join us on our social media community on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at springco48. Thank you again for joining me for Season of Change in Colorado with Spring. Once again, I am Candidate Spring Erickson, I approve this message. May you plant the seeds of change in your own community. Take care, and we will see you next time.